Well, boys, Twitter may have gone down today, but the From the Stands podcast pushes on. I, I got to know, we do have uh, our friend of the show, Connor Murphy, is back with the boys. Connor, thanks for coming back. But I got to ask you, did you notice Twitter being down or were you too stressed about getting ready for this podcast? Going to be honest, you know, podcast was at the top of the list. I was pretty stressed. So I was stressed. Ian, did you notice? Did I notice? It's a pandemic. Of course I noticed. You wonder why my phone's dead. The light was on all day. I kept refreshing. It kept refreshing to the same tweet. I, I, I know. I looked at the same Daryl Morey tweet for like two hours. Well, speaking of Daryl Morey, we've got a lot to cover today. We got, obviously, we're going to do our, our, our picks of the week. We're going to guess some lines. We've got uh, a lot of topics coming in football. But let's get, let's get to some hoops first, Ian. There, there was a couple pieces of news today. Tyron Liu was brought in as the head coach of the LA Clippers. Uh, Chauncey Billups, big shot. Bob, uh, not Big Shot Bob, Mr. Big Shot, sorry, my favorite player of all time, I didn't even get his nickname right, was brought in, but I think we should touch on Daryl. Talk about what happened in Houston. It's still sort of trickling out. I'm not sure what happened. Um, Ryan Russillo, who I have mixed feelings about, That's one had, a, <laughs> had a podcast with uh, Brian Windhorst, who I respect greatly, um, and they talked about the Daryl situation. I didn't get to listen to all of it. From what I understand, though, is that um, it sounds like Houston owner had a real, you know, they got along, it sounded like, but I think, you know, uh, Fertitta, right. Tillman Fertitta, he went on MSNBC a bunch of times and talked about the Rockets and talked about them from a basketball perspective, which owners don't. And when says this owners don't normally do that on the record. So I think it was a little, you know, that was a little weird. You had to know that when he came in, he was going to be a more hands-on type of guy. And we saw that firsthand with something like a Russell Westbrook acquisition. That I'm sorry, that is not a Daryl Morey move. It just isn't. Someone that is inefficient and doesn't space the floor, that is not Daryl Morey. So, you know, the writing could have been on the wall from the issues with his statement regarding China. They, you know, it sort of could have started there, but apparently this talk picked up over the past two or three months. I think the most important thing to talk about is now that the Clippers have a coach, where are the Rockets going to go with their hire? And you can jump in at any time. Um, I think Daryl's landing spot is interesting. Philly had been circling him about a year and a half ago. So be interested to see if they kick Elton Brand to the curb to bring him in. And then I think what happens to the Rockets? You know, this organization was built to play Maury and D'Antoni ball and, and Harden ball. And all three, yeah. and two of those three guys are gone with the third potentially on the block this, this offseason. So this whole situation, and I think you mentioned it today, and I want you to expand on it. Yeah. Sean, where would you rank this job if you were a GM or a coach right now? Oh, it wouldn't be high. Now, again, we always have to preface this with the fact that there's only in the NBA 30, there's 30 teams in the NBA or 32 at 30, right? So there's only 30 jobs. So every job is a good job. So let's just, let's be clear on that. But this team was built on the backs of two people's vision and two people alone that thought that this was the way that you build a basketball team, Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni, neither of which are here anymore. They traded away their their typical uh, pick and roll center in Clint Capella. They're starting Robert Covington at center. It's a lot of hero ball, a lot of, it's not even pace in space. It's just space. It's just hardened standing there with the basketball for 20 seconds 
and then either passing it to the corner to to PJ Tucker or drawing a foul or Russell Wilson running like crazy and pulling up from the elbow. I, Westbrook. Yes, sorry. I have NFL on my mind. Thank That's you. Okay. Russell Westbrook pulling up from the elbow. I just I if I'm a GM coming into this, you are capped out. 130 million committed. 82 million committed to Harden and Westbrook and Russ has like 132 left. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not top of my list. Not even close. And now somehow they're pick neutral because they have like, they have other picks from, I think Philly is in there. They have a pick this year. They have a pick pick this year from the Nuggets. It's they pick swaps. It's just, I don't want this. I don't want this. If there's a job between, give me like, for example, arbitrary team, the Pacers. I think I'd. I think I'd rather start with that mold, even though you have James Harden. The one thing I will say, and then we can move on, is I want to give Daryl a ton of credit because when the league saw Golden State get Durant and build up to that level, everyone else was selling off pieces saying, okay, let's ride this out. We'll rebuild, get some young players, and we'll just ride it out. And then when Golden State's done winning four or five titles, then we'll jump back in. Daryl said... Balls to that. Yep. Went all in on the other way, traded for Chris Paul. You know, s- stole PJ Tucker from the Raptors. Like he, this is you know, paid Clint, Clint Capella. This was all stuff that he was like, no, I'm not letting, I'm not letting anyone try and beat me. I'm gonna try and beat them with math. Look, if Houston played a more likable style, we'd have a. This would be Moneyball all over again. You know, they don't win but they're the likable upstart who tries to take on the big giants like golden state the problem is they're all unlikable so that'll never happen so i know one like no one likes watching him play that's no, and I, right and i want to give daryl a ton of credit because you know what he really tried when other gms weren't and honestly if anyone's going to sort out the philly thing it would be him and i guarantee you if he took the philly job his first call would be to the new gm in houston and he'd be like what does it take to get james yeah and, and joel Embiid would be playing for the right. Houston Rockets. Um, but let's pivot. Uh, by the way, great point on, on the Golden State thing, because you're 100% correct. A lot of people wilted basically any team that didn't have LeBron right. and Daryl Morey. We all were like, all this is wilted. pointless. Yep. This is yep. pointless. Uh, Connor, thank you for giving us that five minutes to uh, to stand back. And congrats to your Lakers, Connor. Thanks, guys. Congrats to the Lakers, Connor. Alex Caruso is a champion. Alex, so is Dwight Howard and so J.R. Smith Howard. and Dion Waiters. But I should let, have saved my uh, I should have saved my tweets from 2012. I wish I still had them in my drafts. Well, we're gonna about get Dwight Howard being the champion. <laughs> you did it. Let's pivot to football, and we have a couple games that we're gonna play uh, amongst the three of us. But Connor, let's start here. Le'Veon Bell was released by the New York Jets when Ian and I were filming our podcast on Tuesday. Tuesday. Now he has a new job. It came down to it sounded like the Chiefs, the Bills. And Ian, who am I missing? The Dolphins. Dolphins. Correct. Raiders tried to trade for him last minute. So did Miami. So he signs with the Chiefs, says he wants to win a title. This is his best chance to do so. Why don't you just give us your your quick thoughts on the signing? I think it's cool in the sense that, like, the best team in the league is just getting deeper, right? I think it'd be kind of fun to see what Bell can do and, like, a very limited role with them just because there's so many mouths to feed, but, you know, having Mahomes throw you balls out of the backfield, having defenses, having to already scheme around so many different guys, seeing how it's going to feel for him to literally be in space again. I mean, that's something we didn't get to see with the jets. They had one weapon. So it was okay. If we stop bell, we can probably force Darnold to do something stupid. 
You're being mean so, to Jamison Crowder. Uh, that's fair. My bad. That's on me, guys. I got to be better. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I wrote down, you know, earlier this morning, even I was just like, yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun to see him with Kansas City. It just, I don't know if bummer is the right word, but his role is going to be so limited there. I feel like if there was other places I would have liked to have kind of seen him go. Like it would have been a lot of fun to see him go to Buffalo, I think. Exactly. That was where I was cheering. I, I They have, we're going to get to them later, but they have the worst rushing offense in the entire NFL by DVOA. And I, I would have liked to have seen him there, just a little bit more dynamic. I like a little bit of drama in Buffalo. Um, Ian, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a fantasy guru this year, at least for the first couple of weeks, and very high in dynasty pools as well. So to me, you know, and I'm not trying to argue with Connor for the sake of it, but I actually think that Bell is going to run away with this job. And I think... You know, I think Hilaire has been good. I think given the opportunities he's had, I think he's leaving a little meat on the bone. He's you a know, kid. I, he's a kid. No, he's, he's a baby. And I completely understand that. I think that he, he, to me, feels more like a change of pace guy at this stage in his career, meaning, meaning like Hilaire. Being a, being a child, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that he's better suited to that. Let him learn from one of the all-time great running backs of this generation, Le'Veon Bell, probably the running back from this generation, um, you know, after guys like Adrian Peterson. So to me, I think that Bell is going to run away with this job. I think he's going to take it. And I think that he's going to end up playing a bulk of the snaps. I think, you know, um, Andy Reid loves guys like Bell. He loves the Shady McCoy types. And Bell is a better version of Shady McCoy at any time. So I think that he, in this offense, with that passing game, with that offensive line, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be scary. And I think what he's going to do is he's going to set him up, to, set himself up to get paid again, maybe not multi-year, but to set him up to get paid again, maybe a Melvin Gordon-type deal this offseason. So I love this for Kansas City, and I love it even more for Le'Veon, who I love. I mean, he's awesome. Why, why do you, you know, if you're one of these guys who's a hater because he held out with Pittsburgh, first of all, it's none of your business, number one. And number two, he when he's going, he's as entertaining as they are. Let him cook. I'm fired up for this. I'm okay. Right, if you, you, you guys have ahead, swayed me. Sorry. You've, you've swayed me there big time. Um, if, he's run, if he runs away with the Kansas City job, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Now, the problem is I think I've seen too much of Bell the last two seasons to fully dive headfirst into the deep end on it. But I think I it's going to be a lot of fun. No, his, okay, his coach was Adam Gase. Okay, no, who totally, hated him? Totally. So, who literally as soon as he showed up said, "I don't want you here." Well, great. No, I don't and, think and obviously he's not going to do that. But well, really quick though, fantasy wise, if, if he was playing for the Chiefs starting the year, this guy's a top twenty pick without question. So you have to assume that he is going to be a major part of this offense. And I know he was hurt. Was he hurt? Was it just like screw you, Jets? Like you that offensive hurt? line with the I, I don't York is here. balls. The only guy that matters is Becton. The Adam Gase didn't want and to play him hurt. anyway. And, and, it's and, just it's it all all of it's a mess. That organization they don't even deserve our time. I don't this and this is on. I don't think this hurts CHE's stock at all long term. I know that the three of us are in a dynasty pool. Not Connor, long term. Not long. Connor, if I'm not mistaken, you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Am I, am I, I wrong? Dobbins. Oh no, Justin has him. Justin yes. has him. Yes, you have Dobbins. Okay, I don't think it hurts him long term. I just think that this is one of those things that that there's a back, a very versatile back, someone who 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 can give you a different dynamic, who's proven that that's sitting there 
you know, you need that type of injection of new into your lineup if you're going to try and compete for, for titles in back-to-back years. We see this all the time, right, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, with the, with the New England Patriots. You have to have an injection of new of, like, we're winning for this guy. And the one thing the, that the, the Chiefs did not have coming into the season was an injection of new. They, had, they were the definition of, of keeping the same team together, which in a season like this – shows a lot of value, right? Because there is no training camp to, to really speak of. There's no preseason. So you want people who know your offense, want people who know your defense. I think they returned 20 of 23 starters or something like that. And But, you know, a little Le'Veon Bell injection, I think, is a good thing. So I, I'm good with this. I, I wanted the Bills, and not because I don't cheer for the Bills, but I, I wanted the Bills for, for the – I just think it would have been a bigger, bigger spectacle. This just feels too easy. No, and I one last thing on Bell is that I think, you know, with Hilaire, I think from the beginning, we were overrating him a little too much because of that situation. And if we're talking strictly from a fantasy perspective, I think that Bell has to come in there and automatically be a guy that will be a fantasy title winner this season. I think, you know, he's going to jump in there and he's going to be able to do the stuff that Hilaire may not know how to do right yet. I mean, you know, when he burst on the scene week one, and we talk about this with rookies all the time, is that they burst on the scene early, and then the more tape that coaches and staff and players get on these these guys, the harder it becomes. We're seeing it with Daniel Jones right now. You know, so I, to me, I think Bell's going to run away with this. And look, like, Hilaire's down to 4.2 yards of carry. He's only got one touchdown. That's not that bad. No, but it, for a for a rookie, it's not that bad. It's very I'm not good. Blaming for a him. We're not looking at Jonathan Taylor him. numbers I'm, here. I'm not telling him he stinks. I'm saying for Kansas City, Le'Veon Bell right now is just objectively a better football player. So yeah, we're, we're if aligned. he's healthy, if he's healthy, we're aligned. Connor, any last words on Le'Veon Bell before we move on? No, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, Bell really should run away with that job. Like I said, it would have been awesome to see him go somewhere like Buffalo or even Miami. I wrote down Miami just because if Tua starts playing, I just think that would be fun. Like as someone who watch, tries to watch every football game he can, I thought mm-hmm. that would have been a lot of fun to watch. But this pro- for Le'Veon Bell specifically, this probably is the best situation. And honestly, for Alaire, it probably is too. Because, you get, I mean, he's seeing someone like Bell go to work every day is huge. And, you know, I – I was going to say that Dolphins are a bit of a tire fire in the, in their own right, in the sense that they're not a winning team. So I, I don't like personalities around losing teams because rightfully so personalities get that way because they're good at what they do and they don't like to lose, which we see a lot with wide receivers and running backs in the NFL. But, but Brian Flores is a fantastic coach. So yeah, if he, he ended up there, that's, that would have been fine. But let's move on to a little game. It's called Who's the Realist? And what we want to try and figure out is of these potential playoff teams with one loss or less, who do you trust the most? So, Connor, I'm going to throw to you first. I'm going to name the teams and their record. We have the LA Rams at 4-1, and one, the Chicago Bears at 4-1, and one, Buffalo Bills at 4-1, and one, Cleveland Browns at 4-1, and one, and the Tennessee Titans at Four and one. Connor, who do you four trust? Four and oh for the Titans. You're right. My apologies. Four and oh for the Titans. Connor, who do you trust the most? Right now, it's Tennessee, man. I mean, they look awesome. 
Henry's doing King stuff. I, I really like Tannehill since he's, you know, took over that starting job there. Um, they kind of, you know, we talked about running it back with a lot of guys from the season before and how important that is. They ran it back with the majority of that defense. And you had a guy like Clowney that you also have to start scheming for. That's, you know, a pretty big piece for them to land and as a free agent. Um, yeah, Tennessee's the one for me. Um, I'd love to say LA because I've liked what I've seen, but it's tough to tell. I mean, they've played the NFC East, right? Like they have yet to have like a really, really, really tough opponent. And the one that they had, they lost to. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to follow up with you on Tennessee. Um, they're not my pick on who the realist is yet because, you know, uh, the, these teams all have the same thing in common and they're four and one or four and oh, largely. Well, I mean, we can assume because of their schedule so far. These are light schedules. And I think coming up, the most immediately tough schedule of these teams is Tennessee, with it being Houston uh, coming up this week, then Pitt, then at Cincinnati, then versus Chicago. I mean, that's not like murderer's row. Uh, you, don't think murder- you, don't, you don't think it's the Browns? Um, you know, with Cleveland having Pitt, Cincinnati, Rams and oh, a bye. Sorry, it's Buffalo. Or sorry. Raiders and a bye. Buffalo. I would say, I would say it's I would say Tennessee. Um, but my main concern with Tennessee, and I don't know if Sean has any Tennessee thoughts. I mean, yes, Tannehill's been great. Nine and one TD to INT ratio. Uh, he's got like an 84 grade on PFF, which is very good. Um, I think rush D is a little bit of a concern at the moment. Um, you know, obviously some consistency will help there, you know, obviously be, not being able to be at the facility for two weeks will have an effect. Jeffrey Simmons was out and he, frankly, he's their best player. Um, so getting him back and getting back in the, this the the swing of things, I think will help there. I don't think that they're they're dead to rights by any means. Um, I also think that you know they've had some interesting linebacker and in the secondary. They just need more consistency. I think the, the, what I'm getting at is Tennessee to me is a wait and Tennessee. It's a wait and see. Let's see wow. where we are. What does Tennessee do the best? Whether it's rush the ball, pass the ball, defend the pass, rush uh, defend the rush. Ian, what do you think that they do the best? Well, last year, the obvious answer is rush the football. But I'm I don't saying think, the Yeah, but I think I, Henry hasn't had the per yards clip that we've seen in years past. I think he's really become the focal point of other defensive schemes. Um, you know, I, I think right now they're 12th in team defense, so it has to be the defense against the pass. It is not. They are fifth in pass offense. What they do the best is pass the football, oh, which seems crazy with Tannehill. And with they haven't even had A.J. Brown. Time. Yes, it, it seems crazy. I, you know what? For me, you know, you pick Tennessee, Connor. I don't think, Ian, you've made an official pick. I'm not. Buffalo, I think, has the hardest schedule coming up with Casey, uh, New England, and Seattle all on, all on their all on their schedule. Fair. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to picks later, but – you know, Kansas City after losing at home to Las Vegas, not the best place that you want to be right now. I think it's the Rams. I think the Rams are the realist. And, you know, we talked about this before. I'm not saying that they are a Super Bowl contender because to be honest with you, I don't don't think any of these teams are. I think that these are all playoff contenders that can win around, make a mess of things. But I think the Rams have one thing that only really, and even not Tennessee, I, I really think that they just have an identity. I really think they, they know do who they are. Because I, I think I think Tennessee knows what they want to be, but they aren't that. I think Buffalo knows what they want to be, but they aren't that. Because their defenses have been just 
awful. Tennessee's and Buffalo's defenses have been have been terrible. Cleveland are feisty. They're feisty. I do not trust Cleveland. I, I, I just don't. And Chicago is the worst of these five teams. I, I don't even yep. think it's close. So to me, it's the Rams. You know, they're ranked fourth in DVOA overall. A lot of that has to do with the fact that they have the fourth ranked offense because they have the number one rushing attack in football. That's knowing who you are. That's knowing your identity. Rush the ball or quick throws. That's how you make Jared Goff look better than regular Jared Goff. It just is. They need to be better against the rush. They're getting killed against the rush, 24th in the league. But I trust the Rams the most out of this out of this group. Now, you know, we we could talk in in four weeks, and Tennessee could be seven and one because they have Houston, Cincinnati, Chicago, and then I think they lose against Pittsburgh. But they could be seven and one, but I still I think that the Rams know who they are. They're getting Micah Kaiser back, my boy. I just, I think it's the Rams. Connor, any follow-up to that? Yeah, I think it's going to help them getting Akers back too, like full-time getting him back. That's only going to help that rush. Yeah, a little bit. But I think it's going to actually help them out a lot. He looked good in the little bit that he got last week. Um, I wanted to take the Rams. I just, I want to see how they do. I I wouldn't even say I want to see how they do in the next four, right? San Francisco, Chicago is going to be tough, but then it's Miami and they have a bye. So next three. But I kind of want to see how they do, you know, kind of the second half of the season and see if they can keep this up. Yeah, I think to me, the reason why I have an issue with the Rams is because, you know, we, we talk about how these schedules have been largely cupcake for all of these teams. But this one's especially between Dallas, Philadelphia, New York and Washington. I mean, oh, that is bad. And I and I, I think I think the other part, too, is that. How can I say the Rams are the realist if they lost to another team on this list? Okay, so, but that was one of the craziest games that we've I, seen. I understand. I don't make the rules. I'm now, just saying to me, to me, hang on, to me, that would disqualify them. Now, the one thing we should we need to point out is that Jared Goff hasn't been good. He's been fantastic in what they're doing, which is getting the ball out quick. And McVay is basically feeding new playbook to him every time down so and hey it's working I, I I'm not a golf guy but it's working right now um you know the other thing they have in their corner I, I other than Mahomes they have the best player in football full stop Aaron Donald is an absolute animal he's the best defensive player I've ever seen um but again I mean the strength of schedule I I, I just don't believe in it I think you know, next four weeks, what do we have? At San Francisco, Chicago, at Miami, bye. Those could v- conceivably all be wins. Then after that, we go versus Seattle at Tampa, versus San Francisco at Arizona, versus New England, versus Jets at Seattle, versus Arizona. So worst case, they're nine and seven, eight and eight area. Best case, we could be talking about 11 wins. Does that make them real? I don't know. I don't know. So to me, I, I would say they are real. For now, this could very easily go away quickly. But we are watching one of the better coaching jobs in the league right now from McVay. So who's your pick? So to me, originally, it was going to be Tennessee. But just based off, I'm going to go just based off trajectory and improvement. So I am going to go with Buffalo. Obviously, it was a tough game on Tuesday versus Tennessee. And they can go from real for now to fake very fast because my issue with them is that the epic defense from last year just has not been there. It's been an epic collapse, particularly against the pass. 
And that's just not like them with that secondary, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. It just doesn't get better than that. And, you know, White's been out of the lineup. So I'm hoping with some consistency, you know, they they finally get both their linebackers back with, with Edmonds and Milano full-time because Milano was hurt again last week. That I am banking on improvement there. And Leslie Fraser's a damn good def- defensive coordinator. I think they're going to be on the come up. Um, their defense is awful, though. Right now it is 27th in the league. Off. But I am, again, I am banking on improvement. I they, agree with you. I was going to, I was, was going to ask you. Yeah. They ran it back with this, basically the same defense. I, I, I just can't understand how all these players got worse. I think more consistency, you know, they've had games moved, all this other stuff. As soon as they get into the rhythm, they will be better. I think, you know, the fact that, you know, luckily for them, their, their offense is through the roof. Um, Allen's morphed into an MVP candidate. He was incredible this far. He, you know, obviously it didn't work out on Tuesday night. We can chop that up to a million different factors. I'm not ready to bury him for that performance alone. If the offense struggles, though, we can start sounding the alarm. That Buffalo was a team, obviously, that I thought Le'Veon Bell would be a good fit with. Um, so to me, I think Buffalo is real for now. The only thing that could really Titanic this whole thing, even though I'm going to pick them, the thing that could really Titanic this whole thing is if Allen comes back down to earth, which is very possible, and that defense doesn't improve. So it's a shaky pick, but it's my pick. Honor, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. If you remove the Rams-Buffalo game because they played each other, it was some kind of freaking wild, okay? And the Rams should have won. That wasn't pass interference. Who has the best win of all these teams? Because I know who I would pick. Probably Tennessee, right? This last week. What I would say. So I would have picked the Browns beating Indianapolis. Hmm. I know they were without Darius Leonard. So I, I just want to give a little bit of props to the Browns. I, I called it before the season that I think that they're going to surprise people because no one's talking about them. The NFC North is increasingly interesting, but I, I do think that, you know, they, they had a good win. Now, Phillip Rivers was literally a corpse on the field. But can I say one thing on the Browns? Sure. So I, I just want to say this right now. Miles Garrett is worth every penny. Sure is. He is worth every damn penny. And if it were not for Aaron Donald, the Nelly Hunter, he is the best lineman in football. He's really defensive good. lineman in football. If it weren't for those two, he is unbelievable. He is in the backfield every freaking play. And, and he's bringing, you know, he's bringing Olivier Vernon back to life simply by existing. It's, it's unbelievable. And I think, you know, the reason it wasn't the Browns, because I think, yeah, the Indy win was good. I think in order for them to be real, I think they need to win one of these Pittsburgh-Baltimore games because that division is a dogfight. And we're going to get to those two teams in a minute. But Baker needs to be at least average to be a real playoff threat in that division. So with Bud Dupree and TJ Watt coming off the edges, we're going to find, find out real fast this weekend how real Baker is. And... We'll see about Cleveland, but Miles Garrett, I'm sorry, deserved a shout out. Absolute damn animal. Connor, you have any quick thoughts on Cleveland? I'm really glad we circled back to them because I wanted to say before the segment ended that I didn't want to just gloss over them. Like what they're doing is nothing. Like you look at their next four, right? One of them's a buy, obviously, but they could be six and two. They could. It could be six and two. Like the, this, I had a lot of fun watching this Browns team. I mean, the first couple of weeks, Baker was, you know, we probably should have been talking about Baker being the roller coaster instead of Allen, but. They could be six and two. Like, I, I've really liked what they've done. Yeah, it's hard they're to running, complain with that. They're running the ball like crazy, even with Chubb out. It's been awesome. And and, and look, 
one thing we can put to bed is that we're not sure of Stefanski as a coach because he is making a concerted effort to get those dudes, the ball Beckham hunt. Like he's not overfeeding Hooper and the tight ends, even though they paid them. Like he is running a creative offense, which is something last season. We just didn't see it was, Hey, OBJ run straight and hope Baker doesn't get sacked. Go out there and run straight real good. So I think that, you know, that's where it leaves us. So Sean had Rams. I had bills. You had Titans. Um, I think, I, I, I think that those are all fair. Those are all fair. I think, so now I think we we're going to play, we're going to lean this into another game. So this was the first game was like, are they pretenders or are they real with this one? We are taking the, the cream of the crop, the contenders, contenders, contenders. And I want to ask you guys, which of these teams do you like the least? Do you trust the least? I have Seattle five and zero, or victories over Atlanta, New England, Dallas, Miami, Minnesota. Not exactly murderers row there. Then you have Green Bay at four and zero, victories over Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, Atlanta, Pittsburgh at four and zero, victories over the Giants, Denver, Houston, and Philly. And then we have Baltimore four and one with victories over Cleveland, Houston, Washington, Cincinnati, and that loss to Kansas City. And then to cap it all off, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs at four and one with victories over Houston, the Chargers in overtime, Baltimore, New England, and that weird loss to the Raiders this weekend. Connor, I want to start with you. We just finished. Who's the realist of this group? Who's the fakest? Before you go, can we clarify one thing? Please clarify for us. Is this who we trust the most to win the Super Bowl or who we trust the most to continue this level of success that they have brought up? Because I do think they are two different questions. Look, I think if we're talking about the Super Bowl specifically, it's Kansas City and then everyone else because we still don't know yet. So who to continue the success? Who do we trust is going to continue to be awesome all the way throughout the year. Okay. Who who do you trust the least What from what you've seen? So, who's the realist was first? Connor, I'll ask you again. Who's the fakest? The fakest for me is Pittsburgh, man. I mean, you guys talked about it. That division is going to be a dogfight throughout this season. I mean, not just having to battle everything that's coming along with COVID, but that division is tough as hell, like flat out. And, you know, you look at their next four games. I mean, who's their easiest? I mean, their easiest one now, obviously, is Dallas, right? I mean, the thoughts to Dak that's just what mm. happened to him is awful awful but you know I think there's a real chance that they go two and two in the next four games there's only one answer here guys the fakest team on here is Baltimore without question are they talented yes absolutely are they going to finish with reach brother record Preach. are they gonna finish with an incredible record in this season Yes. So to this is the tough thing about this game, though, because to your point earlier, Ian, are they the fakest in the regular season? No, but they are the fakest because they haven't won a big game yet. And I love Lamar Jackson. Me too. I love him. He hasn't won anything. Like, they are the fakest. So to answer, I'm going to answer this question in two parts. The reason why I wanted to clarify and the reason why I'm going to give you an opportunity to amend the question is because the fakest of this is Baltimore. It's it's They are. They are fakers. They are incredible. They kill bad teams. They are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They kill bad teams. But I don't trust them in the playoffs. The team that I think is going to fall off the fastest is the Seattle Seahawks. So 
with all of that being said, but I don't think Seattle's fake. I think Seattle is who they are. They have an identity. Their defense is below average. They have the best quarterback right playing right now. Sorry, Mahomes is the best quarterback, but you know what I mean. Like Russell is balling. This instant, this instant, Russell's ballback is Russell, right? So, but they know who they are. Like they, they aren't this, you know. And but Baltimore is just like, oh no, they're, they're the best. No, they're fake. They are the fakest. My concern. So l- let me follow up on Seattle with you, and then I'll jump to Baltimore really quick. My concern with Seattle, obviously, is who they've beaten: Atlanta, New England, Dallas, Miami, Minnesota. Okay, I mean, yuck. So upcoming is at Arizona versus San Fran, at Buffalo, at Rams versus Arizona. You know, that's that's not exactly extremely difficult either. Um, Here's the problem. The defense is a mega concern at the moment. They're getting shredded through the air. You know, um, that's part of the reason that these games are so close. They, They have not won a game by more than eight points all year. And they are constantly relying on Russ's heroics to bail them out of situations. Now, lucky for them, he's fucking amazing. So it doesn't matter, but you know, you never want to be putting your team in those positions, particularly against that type of competition. Now I think things will improve when Jamal Adams comes back. I mean, he's awesome. Uh, But being the 20th ranked team in team defense doesn't give you much of a chance to make deep runs in the playoffs. I trust them because I trust Russ for now, for now. One other thing, this DK Metcalf thing is real. That guy is real. And for a guy that didn't really produce in college, had some injury concerns, you know, you could be lured in by his athleticism. He has gone above and beyond for that team so far. And I am, I love watching that guy. Um, Connor, before I move to Baltimore, you got any thoughts on Seattle? Yeah. I mean, I love Metcalf. Honestly, I like Metcalf a lot coming out of Ole Miss. I felt terrible for him almost his entire college career that the only quarterback he had to half get him the ball was Swag Kelly. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. 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 Yeah. Awesome name. But if you have the name, you got to be able to throw the ball to your best player and a guy that is currently tearing it up in the NFL right now. He was the tough thing is the guy was a meme for an entire year. He still is a meme. Yeah, but you know he's memeing all over your face is what he's doing. Very true. He's memeing on your face. I <laughs> I want to just quickly pivot back to to Pittsburgh. They're really good at home. That's what Always. Pittsburgh does. They win at home. And so I I think they're gonna be, you know, eleven and five, maybe twelve and four, but probably eleven and five. And you know, to me, the two best teams in this class are Casey and and Green Bay. And I know Greens Bay's defense has not been good, but getting Jair Alexander back is going to be big for them. And I just, I, this is the thing. If you just look on paper and just, just forget everything, Baltimore is, should be right beside Kansas City. It should be Kansas City, Baltimore, and then literally everyone else. And then but it's field. not. But it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. You haven't done anything yet. So stop it, Ravens fans. Like, Relax. Win a big game and then – like you can't even win a primetime game. Stop it. Get out of here. So I'll follow up on Pittsburgh really quick too. Um, I believe Pittsburgh is who they are. I think they're going to rely on that defense. I yep. think that Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, I'm sorry, it doesn't get better than that. And they are all over the quarterback. You know, their linebackers stink, but that doesn't matter because their pass rush is so good and their safeties are so good. Safeties are great, yeah. So 
you know, I, I think Pittsburgh is going to be just fine. They need Ben to hold up. He's not throwing the deep ball as much, but those receivers are incredible. I mean, we saw Chase Claypool go berserk this weekend. You know, they're going to get Deontay Johnson back. Juju sort of is who he is. He can't separate, but he is who he is. Um, so I think that they are going to be just fine. They know who they are. I think, you know, my issue with Baltimore is that, yeah, they just, they just haven't looked right. And, you know, they crushed Cleveland opening, um, you know, obviously beat Houston, which is, I guess at the time was a good win, but they just haven't looked good since they got smashed by Kansas city. They haven't looked right. And that rushing offense, although on paper, maybe, you know, they're, they're still sort of where they, you know, maybe not as good as they were, but close. No, their Um, offense is bad. You know, 17th. It's it's not good. But my concern is that it lacks the sort of identity that they had last year. The identity that they had last year was they they are going to run Lamar down your throat. They are going to run Ingram down your throat. Gus Edwards is going to come in and spell for a bit. Um, and then they still run the ball well. You're and right. And then they're going to they're going to smash Mark Andrews and they're going to hit you over the top with Marquise Brown every once in a while. Now I think because you know of their three running backs, Gus Edwards has been the best one. You know, they spent the early pick on J.K. Dobbins. They paid Ingram. So I I have a feeling they're just all jumbled. And coupling the fact that Lamar's not running as much, it just looks – it doesn't look like the puzzle pieces fit right now. And I I have faith that – yeah, they look off. And I have faith that Harbaugh is going to sort that out. So they're not necessarily the team I trust the least. Um, I think, you know, if we're talking about teams we trust the most – I mean, I, I think it has to be Green Bay so far. I mean, can we get a little appreciation for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we counted his ass out, especially after the Packers used their first round pick for the heir apparent on Jordan Love. Like this guy, this is GOAT level stuff. Do you think, okay, I, if you guys research this, it's fine. But do you know what Aaron Rodgers' pro football focus grade is? I do not. Because it broke my effing brain. Isn't it like 98 or something ridiculous like that? 96.3. That is a video game number. That is like when you create a player on Madden, you play on easy, and you drop eight touchdowns a game. That's literally that what that pro football fo- what that pro football focus grade is. That is absurd. He has, what does he have? Let me check right now. 1,214 yards, 13 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And I think Devontae Adams has missed two games. Yes. What happens when that team gets healthy? Think of all the guys that have been out. Their health is an obvious concern. But Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Billy Turner, Kenny Clark, and the team's leading tackler, Christian Kirksey. I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. They're, they're the missing their team. They're, they're miss- very real. Their, they're off, their real. offense is incredible. And quickly back to Baltimore, because then I want to pivot to MVP before we get to picks, because we got to get there. But Baltimore just feels like a team that should have their identity. They have the number three defense in the NFL. They have the number five rushing attack in the NFL. But I'm sorry, Lamar, like you've proven that you can throw the ball. Like this isn't, this isn't your running back anymore. Like everyone knows that you are very talented at what you do. So, so do it. So sorry, not to jump in here real quick, but like you guys are saying, right? Like they, they're still running the ball at an insane clip right now. Like the stats, the stats on paper are there. I don't know what it is when we watch. They just do not look right. They don't feel right. Something doesn't look right. They, uh, maybe weeks one and two, they had the juice. Then they lost to KC and I don't know, maybe they have some weird mental block they have to get over now, but well, they just do, they do not look right. There's a Even little too much one, Miles like, Boykin for me. It's just a, yeah, there's a little, too, you know, it looks like they're, they're, I don't know how they would be, but they're kind of a receiver short, you yeah. know? They're kind of a receiver short. I think they need a big guy. They need to chuck it up and go get it guy. That's what they need. You know, I, I, that would I, help I, them. 
Yeah, I think Andrews can be that guy a bit, but I can't help but wonder how good Mike Williams would be on this team. Chargers, oh, yeah. Mike Williams. Yeah. And and look, so I haven't given my pick yet because we'll give it here because we got to move. I purposely didn't make one because I was unsure. I think Sean made some really good points about Seattle. That defense stinks and the schedule sucks. But Russell Wilson, you know, Connor made some good points on Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh sort of is is who they are. They're going to be 10, 11 wins and they'll likely be a division team. I would lean Baltimore here, but I have faith that they're going to sort this out. They're too good not to. That defense is too good not to. Patrick Queen finally had a coming out game where he wasn't getting, you know, beat to spots all over the place. He was great. He was great. So I think I'm going to ride with Connor here. I think Pittsburgh is the fakest. Now, they're most comfortable with who they are. Yep. But I, if I'm saying a team that, like, you know, maybe isn't necessarily a, a, a juggernaut like they look so far being 4-0, it's going to be Pittsburgh. Tomlin's well, going to do that thing where I'm ready to sell on Pittsburgh and then he's just going to make me look like the biggest idiot in the world too. And that's okay because I, I like when Tomlin does that because he's an amazing coach. And he, well, might call, th- he might call you out in his press conference too. The, the, and the last thing I'll say, can we finally admit here that the AFC is objectively better than the NFC? No. I mean, other than, yes, other than Seattle and Green Bay, you think about it. The New Orleans, Tampa Bay, that division is garbage. New Orleans. And Tampa, oh yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. You're right. Cause, because of, of Dallas, the yeah, NFC Dallas East division snakes. Off. Yep. You know, like, so we're talking yep. about green, green Bay, green Bay, Chicago. And then we're talking about, you know, the, and then we're talking about Seattle and the Rams. No, you got Kansas city. You got the, the Ravens, you got Seattle, uh, the Steelers, you have even the Browns in there, Tennessee, Buffalo's Buffalo. In there. Like, the, you guys yeah, haven't no. mentioned the Patriots yet either. Yeah. Well, That's we'll what's see. blowing. Well, I mean, when they're healthy with cam too, like they're, they're a top end team. Like, they well, weren't listed here on purpose, though. Let's get to let's no, get to totally. top let's get to top end talent because we got to get to picks. But let's get to some MVP discussions first. We put out a graphic today that my my younger brother here <clears throat> did a great job in designing that showed a few names: Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Donald. Here are the betting odds. For those keeping track at home, Russell Wilson is a whopping even money to no bring home the MVP, way. which is ludicrous. At Do week not- six, Mahomes is plus six hundred. Aaron Rodgers plus two seventy five. Josh Josh Allen uh, seven to one. Lamar Jackson sixteen to one, and Aaron Donald one hundred and twenty five to one. So why before we get Aaron Donald right, so now? before we get to your picks, and I'll tell you why. I have three questions for you. Who has the most MVPs in NFL history? Peyton Manning, right? Peyton Manning Four? has five. Five? How many MVPs does Drew Brees have, Connor? Three. Zero. He has zero. 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 The, the leading passer and leading touchdown getter in the NFL has zero. How yeah. many Charlie defensive how many defensive players have won the MVP since 1954? Three. Three. Two. Allen Page in 1971 and Lawrence Taylor in 1988. So my first question. Donald never won, eh? How does Donald win? Because I I won it. He had four sacks last week. And yet the week before he had like a tackle and a half sack. Like it it doesn't matter what his stats are. Just watch the game. The guy affects every Every single play. play. Connor, who's your MVP? It is so funny watching teams try to line up being like, okay, guys, this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> we, we got it. 
we saw something the other teams didn't see. We're going to be the dudes that stopped Donald. We're going to be heroes. And then like halfway through the first quarter, they're like, oh God, no, what did we do? Oh God, what did we do? Like they, they're already changing it up like halfway through the first quarter. It's, it's like every, every seven minutes you see him try to like stop him in a different way and none of it works. It's bananas. He's not my pick though. My pick is Russell Wilson. Chalk. You're going chalk. Where do you guys think he is right now in passes attempted in the league? One. Amongst eligible quarterbacks. No, I think Dak is one. Total passes attempted. Well, Dak was dead. Dak was very high. Dak was very high on that list. Okay, so I say one. Ian's got two. He's at 15th. And he's third in the league in passing yards. So his yards per yards per attempt is he's cooking, man. He is cooking. It's insane to watch. They're never even with that defense being like meh. They're never out of it. It's bananas. He is currently the best player in the league. Minnesota literally went into the game last week and said, "We don't want you to have the ball. Good luck." And they did it as best they could. They have one of the best O lines in the league. They controlled the first half, and then the second Russ finally was able to get the ball a little bit. It was night night. How much time was left? I don't even remember how much time was left at the end of the game when they came back. Not much. Not, well, not much. a lot. Of well, ball. and by and the way, he he lost MVP until like the third quarter, and then it was like, oh well, we're back. Ian, who's your MVP? Well, I, I think one thing I want to mention before I tell you who the who the MVP is, um, I think we we need to look at we need to look at that graphic and who was missing. So before we jump into what our picks are, to to you, who was missing? To me? To both of you. Who was missing? So <sighs> in that graph was Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Donald, Josh Allen. The first person I thought of was Aaron Jones. Mm. That was the first guy that I thought of, and I actually text you that as mm. well. Uh, Dak, Connor, you said Dak? Yep. Yeah, I... He, I'm assuming he sh- you couldn't fit Rodrigo Blankenship, but the first one I picked. Dude doesn't back. miss though. No, he doesn't. Um, he was the first guy that I that I thought of would have been him. It, Aaron Jones has been incredible, and traditionally this award goes to quarterbacks, and then by a very wide margin, then running back. So, well, the reason I say that is because oh, and Kamara. Kamara's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been epic. Yeah. But I, I think too is that we we did get some comments on it today on both Twitter and Twitter and IG, and I saw a couple Ryan Tannehill, and I was surprised that you know neither of you brought him up. I know you know he's not traditional, and obviously the chance of winning it are slim. But he felt like the next guy there. I know Lamar's at what sixteen to one. And I, I adore Lamar. I think Lamar haters are are lame, but I think I adore, that's a good by the way, I think that's a good bet. I adore Lamar. He just hasn't showed it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was left off. So with that said, my MVP pick so far, the to me, you know, the best player thus far has been Russell Wilson. But the guy who's doing more with less is Aaron Rodgers. And so yep. to me, that's why he's my MVP pick. This is a guy who, as I mentioned, was, you know shit on all offseason. They draft his heir apparent. They don't draft him any weapons, even though he's playing with like your grandmother on one side and your drunk uncle on the other. And he's still cooking these fools. I think Robert Tanyan, Tanyan caught yeah, that I was just looking him up. Two yes. or three, two or three touchdowns. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's like, hey, 
go out there and do this. And if you're if looking you're, at me on video, hands. my hands are in the air. As long as your hands are here, the ball is going to be right between them. And Show me both your hands. Do it. Show them to me. Okay. He's on a are. different, he's on a different planet. He is making, you know, we know Devontae Adams is an all pro, but he's he's making Alan Lazard. He had Marquez Valdez Scantling have a little minute there. I mean, every week it's somebody. To me, it's Aaron Rodgers and all the injuries they've dealt with. He has been constant. That dude is cooking fools. So let me sign off the MVP conversation with my answer. And I'm going to paraphrase a tweet from friend of the show, J.D. Bunkus. And I'm going to amend his because he said 1A Russ, 1B Rodgers, 2 Donald. And then I'll get to the last part. I'm going to go 1A Rodgers, 1B Russ, 2 Donald, and then 2 quote J.D. Bunkus, last place, Le'Veon Bell, which is most likely going to change. But we do have to transition. Let's get to some picks. Before we get to the first game of the week, though, let's just remind everyone at home how Ian and I are doing. We went 2-4 and four last week, our first losing record of the year. I think we're still sitting around 16-12, and 12, both of us. So you're still up units if you're betting with us. So let's get to the first game. To be fair, last week was just wonky as shit. It was a terrible week. It was awful. But let's get to the first game of the week. The aforementioned Baltimore Ravens are at the Philadelphia Eagles. Baltimore is laying eight points on the road. The over-under is 47 and a half. Ian, I'm going to go first here. I never do this. I always throw to someone. But don't overthink this. Baltimore kills bad teams. They do. Philly is a bad team. 30th in DVOA. A putrid offense in Philly against the third best statistical defense in football. Take the Ravens. Take the eight points. We learned our lesson last week with Joe Burrow. We thought that we could get 13 points on the road with Burrow. Don't overthink it. Baltimore kills these teams. Take the eight points. Yeah, I'm Baltimore too. Um, you know, like you said, right? They kill bad teams. That's that's what they do. That's weirdly become their identity this season. I do kind of like the over because they kill bad teams. Like, are the can the Eagles score 14 points and make the over interesting? I think they can because we got what 47 and a half at over under. 47 and uh, a half is yeah, what the over under is. Yeah, yes, we got I like the over there. And I like the uh I like the Ravens. Yeah, I think my big concern is that with the Eagles in particular, is that Baltimore, I think, needs a game where they just punk someone. And, you know, we saw it a little bit last week, but they need to just run it up, get their offense going and start feeling good again. So I am also taking the Ravens here. Um, I think the Eagles are just a bad football team. I think, you know, I've been really hard on Jared Goff in the past and he looks, you know, as good as could be right now. And I think Carson Wentz, we need to start talking about him as if he's one of the five worst quarterbacks in football. He was we, better last week. And who is he throwing to? Thigum or what's his name? Fulgum. 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 I, look, I understand <laughs> that that is a, I understand that's a problem. It's, it's not necessarily that, but every stat you look at isn't that his guys are dropping the ball. It's that he's not being accurate enough. And he's that missing. to me, he's missing. That is a concern. That is the sign of a quarterback who is regressing. And I think what we need to start looking for, we are getting to the, we're, now, that division, especially with Dak out, is wide open. So I think that we're going to be in a situation where no matter what happens, 
this person is going to be there all year, but we need to start seriously thinking about what the coaching tree is going to look like when Doug Peterson gets fired, when this is all over, mm. we are, we are getting to that point. I have Baltimore here and I think it's a route. I'm not touching the over under because I'm not convinced Philly's offense can score enough here. I I'm, I'm taking the under, uh, Philly is normally an over team, but weirdly on the road which is odd. Um, Connor, didn't you send, was it you or Ian who sent the stat today about the most air missed between passes? Was it you, Ian? Just yeah, like, it was Ian. He's like yep. throwing like 800 yards over receivers yep. in total this year. It's, uh, it's crazy. No, it's, it, it's, it's Baltimore. It's Baltimore. It's actually, and, it's kind of funny seeing some of these misses too. Like if you go back and like follow some of the guys on Twitter that break down like the really bad, really good quarterback play, like somehow they find time in their day to watch the all 22 cams and find all the angles for these misses. It's hilarious watching some of these and just thinking that Jared Goff like tagged in wins. He was just like, it's your turn now. And he tagged him in. That's what they do. And I think, you know, it's funny because so that here's the tweet from Mike Clay. He works for ESPN. If you're a fantasy person, follow Mike Clay. He's fantastic. Um, Carson Wentz leads the NFL in off target air yards with 739. That's 168 more yards than the next closest quarterback, which is Matt Ryan at 571. Worth noting that Ryan leads the NFL in on air and on target air yards at 1355, whereas Wentz is 13th at 925. Well, what that tells me is that a broken clock is right two times a day. And I think with this situation is the first thing people are going to say is that he's not throwing the football right. He's not throwing to, he's sorry, he's not throwing to people that matter. The difference is, is that it doesn't matter who's out there. Carson is missing them. So to all you people out there, and I'm sure Tomes, when you listen, you're going to be like, well, he's throwing to no one. It doesn't matter. He could have prime Jerry Rice out there. He's missing them. So in order for us to start taking you seriously, Carson Wentz needs to be better. And if not, he's going to get his coach fired. So thank you for following me on Twitter, Tomes. (laughs) Well, that's Baltimore at Philly. The next game, the Cleveland Browns are at the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are laying three and a half at home. I was shocked by three and a half, by the way. The over-under is 51. Connor, you picked Pittsburgh to be the team that you trust the least out of the undefeated or nearly undefeated teams. Why don't you start? Oh, I'll let it ride. Heck yeah. I'm taking the Browns here. What? Yeah, I'm taking the Browns. Wow. Yeah. Please show your work. Please show your work. I don't need to, man. I I just, I don't know. This feels like one of those games where Cleveland's going to come out and look a lot better than they probably really are. I think they're going to be juiced for it. I think they've been trending up the last couple of weeks. Uh, Could Pittsburgh still win by one or two? Sure. But we're talking about gambling, right? I think this is going to be a close game. I'm taking, I'm taking the Browns. Let me jump in here. I think that there is a universe where the Browns surprise here. And I think the universe that that is, is that Miles Garrett comes out and he puts Ben Roethlisberger on his back. And because of the whole, the la- I think the last time Garrett suited up in a game against Pittsburgh, it's when he smashed Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. That is true. <laughs> so is there some extra juice there? Well, I would assume the team that wants the juice is a team who had the quarterback who got hit in the head. But I'm saying in those games, I want the guys with some edge. So I, I look for Miles Jack to have a gargantuan game here. With that said, by the way, is is it me or is, is it me or is what Pittsburgh's doing with wide receivers just 
unbelievable. Like Chase Claypool looks like a better version of Martavis Bryant with obviously oh. less weed. They they only draft second round receivers. Oh man, it's unbelievable. It. No, with know. that said, with that said, I love what Stefanski's doing in Cleveland. I think that he is going to continue to get more out of Baker. Baker took a big step back last year and Stefanski's building him back up again. But I have to roll with Pittsburgh here. That line, if that line should probably be six, maybe even seven. But at three and a half, I'm sorry, I have to take Pittsburgh. And again, I mean, you know, I don't love the kicking game of Boswell. That sort of scares me in, in spreads like this. But I got Pittsburgh here. Garrett, massive game aside. I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, you have Garrett on one side and Vernon on the other. And then with Pittsburgh, you got Watt and Dupree. Should be a pass rusher's dream. The catalyst here is Baker, right? Sorry, not to cut you off, Sean, no, but if ba- like Baker needs to have a good game for this to happen, like they have the weapons to do it, they have the weapons to confuse this defense. Like I actually really like Pittsburgh's defense a lot. They have the weapons to confuse them. They have the weapons to kind of get them off kilter a little bit and try to get them to scheme in ways they really shouldn't. But if Baker you, has a bad game, I'm going to look well, like a moron. But if do he has you a have great confidence game, in Baker Mayfield, no, performing is the answer, no, performing <laughs> with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree bearing down on him because that's the problem, right? Is Baker's great on the run, not so great under pressure. Baker is objectively a good quarterback on the run. When he leaves the pocket and no one is chasing him? Yes. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. But when he's running for his life, we're talking about a different story. Okay. So I think part of that comes down to execution, and part of that's going to come down to coaching, right? If they go into this game and say, okay, you need to get the ball out quick, I think they have a chance if Baker actually does that. True. What's more realistic? The Steelers start 5 and 0 or the Browns start 5 and 1? Steelers starting 5 and 0. Right. Steelers starting 5 and 0. <laughs> the Steelers are a different animal at home. They are 7 and 8 straight up in their last home eight home games. They are 5 and 0 versus the Browns in their last five home games. I I said this before. I think the Browns are feisty. But that point five, the additional point five that Vegas is putting on that that three and a half line, which normally with Vegas you get three is the automatically if these teams are even and they're playing at home you get three points. That doesn't scare me off this. I agree with Ian. I think this line should be six, and I'm taking the Steelers. It's, it's my lock of the week. It's it. I, you took the words right out of my mouth, Ian. It's <laughs> it's my lock of the week. I'm taking the Steelers, and I'm also taking the over. I don't love 51 points going up against Pittsburgh, but I, I, I would dabble on the over here just because only suckers bet the under. I like the over here too. So let's push to the third game of the week. My, I would say, I think this is my favorite game of the week, Ian. I think it is. The Chiefs-Bills is interesting too, but let's go Packers-Bucks. Packers are at Tampa Bay. Tampa is getting a point. So the Packers are favored by one. The over-under is 55 and a half. Ian, talk about this game. Is this only a point? How is this only a point? For, for, For half the season, Tampa Bay has looked like god awful. Like, I understand that Thursday Night Football is largely balls. I'm with it, okay? But they just lost to the Bears. Like, it just happened. Tom Brady forgot what down it was. That just happened. Like, we're talking about who's the realist, and we're talking about the Packers that we believe they're real. We're giving one of the most real teams in the league one freaking point? You talk about lock of the week. I mean, you know, normally I'd be like, look, you know, we don't know. But Devontae Adams is coming back. He practiced today. 
So, and, is, so is Chris Godwin. That's great. That's great. Jair Alexander, there's your assignment for the week. And, you know, if Kevin King comes back, there's your Mike Evans guy. I, to me, I, I, I can't believe this is one. I mean, we're talking about, and now the, Brady is the type of guy who gets up for these games. He's not going to be embarrassed twice in a row like he was in the Chicago game when he forgot the down. But at what point do we just need to look at, this is basically a pick em, and Green Bay is the far superior team. Well, to my, Bay, why are we overthinking this? To my point earlier, this is showing that Vegas thinks Green Bay is better. Because they're basically giving, if it was on neutral field, they're giving Green Bay two points. So, Connor, before I give my thoughts, because I have a few, what's your pick for Green Bay, Tampa Bay? I can't believe you guys said pick of the week for Brown Steelers. This should be your pick of the week. This is the Packers. It's the Packers. Like, period. Flat out. I'm betting on like angry Aaron Rodgers here big time. He's getting disrespected in the MVP race. He came into the season being pissed off at who they spent their number one pick on, or not number one pick, their first overall pick on. I love the Packers here. The Honestly, the Bucs didn't look great last week. It's not the first time this season they haven't looked great either, right? Like, I know it was Thursday. Thursday stinks, but it doesn't change the fact they didn't look good. So this is what scares me a little bit, because this is why you can't just go by analytics alone. You have to go by the eye test as well. Number two ranked team in the NFL, analytically, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shockingly, Tampa Bay. That is because they have the second best defense in football. Told you. And they can defend the rush. They absolutely can. They're not the best against the pass, though. So I I was torn here. I, I like analytics. I like statistics. I like smart people telling me what I should think. But I also watch football. And to your point, Ian, they just lost to Nick Foles when he couldn't throw a football. And he forgot the downs. So, yeah, he, Tom Brady, best quarterback of all time, could be the best player to ever play this game. I, I get it. I'm taking the Packers. I'm sorry. This is Tony Romo's probably calling this game. This is on Fox, baby. I am taking A.A. Ron and A.A. Ron Jones on Fox. So I'm taking the point. And I'm also taking the over because I think I think there's going to be some points in this game, boys. I think there will be. And if you're a DFS player, I like Scotty Miller here. I do, Mark too. I like do, too. Here. And I think we may even say see Cam Brate sprinkle in there a little bit. But I like Scotty Miller here. And I don't know when you want me to take my victory lap on the Bucks defense. Uh, I can take it any time. I don't have to do it now on camera, but we can do it later. I'll do. I'll take my victory lap about on being what? right about, about the Bucks defense. Yeah, I no, tried no, to tell they, you and Kovo that they were fantastic, and you guys were like, ah, they were not loaded. good. They were not good last year. They had a lot of talent, but the point was, it's because they had freaking well, Jameis turning the ball, over. Turning the ball yeah. over. Well, the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say, the the another thing that puts a nail in the coffin of this being a pick of the week is that. With Vita Vea out, Vita Vea has been their best defensive player this year by a wide margin. And he's out now. And he's a beast against the run. I, I see a big Aaron Jones game here. And, you know, I, if you're a fantasy player, I don't know that you're going out and getting Tanya again. Let's, I think you're going to see a lot of Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is going to miss him. But I think we could see a big Jones game here with no Vita Vea. All right, so let's power through. Fourth game, the Rams 
are at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are getting three and a half points at home. The over-under is 51 and a half. Connor, what do you think? Do we know who the Niners quarterback is going to be this week? I had the same thing written down, and I wanted to ask Ian. Because you assume it's Garoppolo, not Bethard. I would hope so. So Bethard is going to be the backup. I believe it's going to be Jimmy again. Apparently, Jimmy had no setbacks in the game last week. They pulled him because they were nervous about except aggravating, that he, except that he was aggravating the injury. He was except awful. He was terrible. He was awful, but I do believe it's going to be Jimmy. Now, the question is, does that make a difference? No, not really. Right. But that's a, that's right. the thing, make like a difference. I'm, so I'm still taking the Rams. I'm just that, that kind of hammers my point home. Like, I'd, I went into this literally not knowing if they were going to roll with Garoppolo or not. So, yeah, I'm going Rams here, and I actually really like the under, too. Like we talked about before, right, the Rams are going to run the ball a lot, run, 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 maybe check down, maybe a screen, go for it a couple of times. But I think the Rams are going to control the game script big time, and I like the under a lot. Ian, are the 49ers bad, or are they hurt? And that's where I was going to go to. I think they're getting healthy now. Mostert's coming back. Um, Kittle obviously came back. I think Debo's got reps now. Every week that we see, we're going to see Debo get a little better and they're going to get him more in the scheme. I like that they're, you know, they, what they need is they need Jimmy to be at least with at least a little bit of a threat. So, they, so Kyle Shanahan can unleash his wackiness with Ayuk, you know, uh, yards after catch stuff and Debo, you know, on jet sweeps and things like that. I think, you know, they need Jimmy to be passable so they can do that sort of stuff. So to me here, um, I do have the 49ers only okay. because I am giving them one more. I'm giving them one more week to I'm giving them one more week where I'm going to support them. They have had a tough go. The The loss of the Eagles is really bad. And, you know, they, they, they haven't given us a lot to a lot to like this season. But the thing I will say is that as they get healthier, I think we're going to start to see a little better from them. And if we don't, then maybe it's time we just cross them off like we're crossing off the Eagles and it's just not the year they're a bad team. So I got the 49ers here, three and a half. You know why? You know how you save yourself a lot of money? Is you don't blindly put faith in people that you thought going into the season were going to be good. And that's how you have to pivot. Because normally teams that go to the Super Bowl and lose, they don't come out of it very good. And this is what happened here. The 49ers are good when fully healthy. Their defense is ravaged. They, they, they are not good anymore. I don't love Sloman kicking for the Rams. No, that's a concern. And I don't Robbie love Gold the, doesn't miss. And I don't love the extra half point. But I'm just 42-17. 42-17-42-17. That's what they lost to the Miami freaking. Dolphins mm-hmm. at home. I I'm think. Sorry, will they I'm get sorry. Richard Sherman back? Will they get Richard Sherman back? I because, don't care. Well, you know, because you know, I think Jalen Ramsey right now, right now is what you think he's the best corner going, second best corner going. You know, I mean, he's right there. You know, Probably depending on how you feel, role, Stephon right? Gilmore, Tre'Davious White. Who's he covering in this game? So it's not like we're going to see a shutdown game, right? We're going to see, no. right? So no, it's a bunch of under. It's right. Under. So does that take Jalen out of the equation? Now, how do they handle Donald? I don't know. I don't know how anyone handles Donald. No but uh, I think this, you know, I think three and a half is probably right. I think three and I, a half again, is probably I, I don't, right. I'm taking the Rams because I think the 49ers are bad. I think they're a bad team. I'm I taking do. the 49ers because I don't trust the Rams quite yet. I appreciate that they know who they are, but I don't think that they're 
elite enough to be getting no but i also i also think that we're going to look back on this game four weeks from now and go well the rams still haven't beaten anyone good true and that includes fair. the 49 very fair very fair that's my point so i'm taking the points connor you have the points as well with the rams oh. i'm with connor i have the under here as well honestly guys it's a stay away anyway i, I'm I with, wouldn't I'm bet with you. So that's the other thing too, right? If you're just now getting healthy and maybe, and maybe, maybe, maybe on the uptick, do you really want to be looking at the other side of the field and seeing Donald coming down? No, absolutely not. No, no. But we do have a couple of teams that have both lost, that were both being boosted. Well, one rightfully so, and one is being boosted. The Kansas City Chiefs are in Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Chiefs are favored by that magical number again, three and a half. Over-under is 57 and a half. Guys, I'm going to go first. Um, Both teams coming off an embarrassing loss. Buffalo on a short week because Tennessee, you know, COVID. Kansas City has extra rest. I I like the Bills a lot. I do. I I think they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to make some noise. I think they're going to be a tough out. They need to get better on defense. They need to get healthier on defense. To your point, Ian, they're missing two middle linebackers. I'm not betting against Mahomes on extra rest, pissed off, and going against that Bills defense. If it was a packed Bills stadium, I still would have zero problem laying three and a half points. I I have none. I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I I didn't mention this before, but the Rams and 49ers are kind of like the Eagles, where if they play in Los Angeles, they go over. If they play in San Francisco, they go under. 57.5 is too many points for me. I, I, I like the Chiefs defense more than than a lot of people on a lot of people out there. I know Ian, you're a big fan of their defense as well. Um uh is it Chris Jones? Another guy? Animal. Absolute stud. Animal. I'm gonna take the Chiefs, Connor. Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs too. I mean, them coming off that loss to Vegas, right? Like that was kind of wild enough to see. Um, we touched on it before too, getting lost in too many stats. I just i I talk about angry Aaron a lot. I want to see angry. I, I want to see how Mahomes responds to losing in Vegas. I don't know that it's going to be angry Mahomes. I think it's going to be calm, cool, collected showtime. But I still like the Chiefs to cover here. I have five favorites. And what you see in betting is that Vegas, they're too good at this. That's why they still have jobs. The, the, the underdogs started to come up last week. They started to win. They actually started to win outright a lot. So I'm nervous about that. Ian, are you taking the favorite here? Or are you going to roll with an underdog? I, this is another lock of the week. I think, I think this line could be seven and a half for all I care. We have a currently performing poor pass defense. Versus what could be the greatest quarterback of a generation with his weapons healthy. And if Le'Veon is playing, I'm not saying he'll get a lot of snaps. That is the type of stuff that excites Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes loves playing with his shiny new toy. And I think that's going to energize him. Um, I, I think the only way Buffalo is able to cover this number is if they are able to, in a week, sort out why that pass defense has been so bad. I don't know if it's because... You know, maybe they're not getting to the passer as much, the, the quarterback as much. I don't know if it's because Tredavious White hasn't been healthy and in, in and out of the lineup. I don't know. But to me, I mean, 
this is as big of a lock. And I like the Bills. I, I think, you know, I love Josh Allen. I adore Josh Allen. There's no one I love watching more. I love that dude. That dude is a gamer. And I think he's going to do his best to make it a game. But that pass defense versus that quarterback. I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, this is a lock. It's Kansas City. So the line that we had was pre-Le'Veon Bell. The line has now moved to four and a half. I'm still laying the four and a half with the Chiefs. Connor, are you still laying the four and a half with the Chiefs? Yeah, same. I think it could be a touchdown. By the way, when we, when we did the picks, three and a half is locked in because that, that's when we made our pick. So I'm keeping my I'm keeping it. You and just entertain me, Ian. At four and a half, you're still keeping the Chiefs. Yeah, I think you know Buffalo's getting a little healthier. Zach Moss should be back this week. Um, obviously, you know Stephon Diggs has been as advertised. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, I, I think. With Moss, it's going to help because I just, I frankly, I just don't think Singletary is very good. And I think that Moss is going to be able to spell him a bit. We saw a little bit too much of TJ Yeldon last week, which is not good for A, Singletary owners in fantasy, and B, Bills fans, because if Singletary is your running back one, he should not be getting spelled by TJ Yeldon at any point, not even in practice if he needs water. So to me, I think the line, like I said, the line could be seven and a half, and I'd probably still be leaning Chiefs. Bad pass defense thus far versus Pat Mahomes. That is normally a recipe for disaster for the opponent. So I'm going KC here. Final game. The Cardinals of Arizona are at the Cowboys of Dallas. Cowboys at home getting a point and a half. Over under is 55. Last game, Connor. I'm throwing to you. The only thing that worries me about the Cardinals is they just played the Jets. And I feel like there's this weird hangover that comes with Kyler being able to stand in the pocket and go read one, read two, read three, back to read one. Okay, where's read two? Okay, why do I have so much time? Um, I think there's going to be a weird hangover from that. There were times in that game where, because I had to flip to it because it wasn't coming on red zone a bunch, but there were times when I was watching it where it really felt like he was playing in the Big 12 again. That Jets defense is not good. I think him coming in, even though the Cowboys lost Dak. And the Cowboys defense is awful. And the, too, by the yeah, way. it's awful also. But, I, but still, like the, the Jets defense is awful on like another planet, it feels like. Uh, Are you rolling still, with the boys and Andy Dalton? I kind of want to. I kind of want to. Dak going down could be kind of a rallying cry for the team. Like they probably had the best backup in the league. I, I don't think it's that crazy. So you're taking the boys? I'm going to take the boys. Ian, is there Ewing theory potential here? No. No, just fl- outright no. Just flat out no. Dak Prescott is the Cowboys' best player by a country mile. I agree. And, and what happened to him wasn't just tragic. It was gut-wrenching to watch. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. I generally don't like them. Um, but this is Jerry Jones's cross to bear. And that guy better make this right and pay that man what he deserves because when you talk about best quarterbacks in the league, you, I'm going to have a hard time naming five better than Dak Prescott. So I believe, I mean, it was horrible. The one thing I will say is that this can go a lot of ways. You know, is there a universe where Kyler Murray, who's always a big game player, sees that he's in that building with some crowd there. Does he feed off of that and have a game? Uh, You know, so this is for Arizona. Who in the right mind is going to check DeAndre Hopkins on the Cowboys? I mean, first of all, who's going to check him anyway? But who's going to check him specifically on the Cowboys? The answer is no one. So 
you know, I, I look for, you know, maybe Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds to have a big role here. I think Kyler has a really big game here. The one thing I'll say about the, the Cowboys, my problem, I would be leaning that way, but Tyron Smith being out too, God, it's just a lot. You know, it's a lot. I think with Dalton, Dalton is a very capable backup and those receivers, by the way, their best receiver is CeeDee Lamb, right? We can all admit that. Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. So I think Dalton is going to do his best to get those guys the ball. We could see a big, big Zeke game here because I don't like that Arizona defense at all. I think they could lean on the run. See, I'm trying to talk myself into both, and I don't know which way to go because on one hand, I think Kyler could have his big Kyler game. But on the other hand, like I think Dallas, if they if they go more Zeke heavy, I think that could help them in a way because maybe they're not playing so much catch-up. I don't know. When I'm in doubt, I normally lean the underdog. Sean, I don't want to make a pick. Talk me into one or the other. So Arizona's rush defense is actually okay. It's eighth in the league. So that's where I was sitting there. And this is what was going to be tough for me was. Oh, not, and no Chandler Jones. Sorry to cut I'm getting there. That's part of it. So I'm sitting there. They're 28th in the league against the pass. The, the Cardinals. And they're eighth against the rush. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, well, I've watched Arizona. I don't think that they're very good, very good defensively, even though I like Devondre Campbell and, and everything that comes with it. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, so you'd think there'd be a big Zeke game. But what I transitioned to was it'll be easier for Andy Dalton. They don't have Chandler Jones coming off the edge. They do not have a pass defense to speak of. And I'm going to take the boys. I'm taking the one and a half. And I'm going to run with it. I'm taking the under 55. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, that yep. That is for sure. I'm taking the under. I, I'm physically going to bet my hard-earned capital on the under. But I am going to take the Cowboys. And part of that was because, I first off, I can't pick all favorites. Like, that's you can't be chalk. I do think there's a little bit of Ewing theory here. And not because Patrick Ewing or Dak Prescott aren't the best players on their team. I just think that you can rally early behind something like that. I think that you can, as a team for a couple of games can ride on that wave. And I think that, I think the boys are going to win this this game outright. I do. So um, neither of you convinced me of anything. I'm going to roll with Kyler Murray here. I think Murray has, Murray has, I mean, we're talking about playing a big 12 defense. That's what he's playing. And I see Kyler having a, cause we've seen the rushing from Kyler. We haven't seen the passing yet. I see a big Kyler game coming. I got Arizona here. Well, we got our picks in. They will be decided and we will review them all next week. Connor, thank you so much again for coming on. We're going to have you on again and we look forward to it. Ian, please sign us off for the podcast. Thank you again to everyone who entered our contest that awarded a winner this week. Uh, Again, we will be having more of those. So thank you for your support. Keep following us on IG. Keep following us on Twitter. We're going to keep trying to entertain you guys as best we can. And thank you again to our guest today, Connor Murphy, who was awesome as always. And thank you all for your support. And as always, wear your mask. 